day to you and welcome. It is a special day. We are, uh, man, I'll tell you what, it's a special day in a lot of ways. We are live. We are at the Harley-Davidson Museum in downtown Milwaukee. And um, you don't get many better days than this. Uh, it is absolutely, there is not one cloud in the sky. It is 72 degrees. It is picture perfect. Uh, we are on the stage where they uh, put the bands during the bike night celebrations. That happen every Thursday night, which will happen here again here tonight. And it is spectacularly beautiful today. And one of the things that uh, they wanted to do um, originally was have us inside. We were going to be inside Motor, which is a um, the restaurant down here at uh, the Harley-Davidson Museum. And I got here this morning, I guess about 630 and uh, we started walking around. I said, "Nah, this is this is this is too nice." So we set up outside, and it's picture perfect, spectacular, and beautiful, and uh, just an absolutely great time. Just so I'm 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 excited for today. Today we are here because we are uh, promoting the motorcycle ride coming up uh, this Sunday. And yesterday, when we got off the air, we were 125 uh, pre-registrations away from breaking the pre-registration record which was 476 uh, motorcycles last year, to pre-register. I'm happy to say we've closed that gap. We are now 62 motorcycles away from breaking the pre-registration. We still have all day today and all day tomorrow and for a couple of hours Saturday morning. So I'm excited about that. So we're, we're closing in on that record. But the record overall for the number of bikes we had last year was 1,085 motorcycles. And we are hoping to break that record this year coming up on Sunday morning. So uh, good to be here. Uh, the Brewers absolutely wasted opportunity down in Chicago. Wasted. Um, I don't even know. It was very uh, – last night uh, I was at uh, Wednesday Night Live, and uh, there were some people that were listening to the show over the last couple of days uh, saying, well, you can't, you know, declare the Brewers the National League Central winners. And they're blaming it on me, obviously, because uh, I said I was going to proclaim them the winners the minute they beat the Cubs, and that was going to be the end of it. And uh, that, uh, in in case, jinxed it. I will say this, though. Uh, it, it, it was very reminiscent. Do you remember when the uh, the Packers played the uh, final game of the season against the Bears? And the Bears lost. Bears came in. They were going to win the division. And they ended up losing. And Brian Urlacher said the uh, infamous words of, we just allowed the Giant to wake up. And I don't think the Cubs, I don't think of the Cubs as a Giant. But the Brewers allowed the Giants, or allowed the, uh, the Cubs to climb back into this thing. And they had a chance to put the nail in the coffin and end it. And they didn't. And I, I hope to God it doesn't come back to bite them. I really do. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, uh, get your voice heard? We'd love to hear from you today. Today of all days. Today, beautiful day today. I'm just in a great mood. And then uh, if you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, you can do so at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. Uh, Grant Bills producing the program at Wisco Grant, at Wisco Grant. You can always find us uh, anywhere and everywhere when it comes to the app, and that is WOZN, the Zone Madison, the Zone Madison app. You can find us on YouTube and uh, watch the program today as uh, they have started the, the uh, HDQ weekend. 
And that's what's going on down here. It's a, a big weekend for more uh, Labor Day weekend. It's called the HDQ instead of barbecue. It's HDQ, and they're doing a big barbecue down here. They're doing the motor clothes uh, HD outlet factory sale. Uh, the museum is open. There's discounted rates. There's you know just special events going on down here. The bands are going to be on this stage coming up later on tonight. Music all weekend long. Uh, they're going to do events right here in the middle uh, of where we're sitting. So if you are, uh, you know, kind of looking at the road right there, if you're watching over on the uh, the YouTube channel, uh, out in front of the museum, they're going to have the Flat Out Friday crew and the Mama Tried guys down here. They're going to be doing some boonie bike races and some mini bike races and uh, just going to be a whole festival of activity uh, all culminating on Sunday morning as the motorcycle ride gathers and then we leave the museum at 11 a.m. Uh, police escorted, thanks to the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Department, the Milwaukee Police Department, the Milwaukee Fire Department, uh, Greendale Police, Franklin Police, State Police. I mean, uh, as we uh, head out on the highway, shut it down and uh, enjoy just a beautiful ride coming up on, on Sunday morning. So uh, anyway, that being said, uh, Grant, how you doing today, man? What's going on? I'm doing good. I was not that angry about the Brewers' loss yesterday. A little bummed, uh, a little frustrated that they let two really good yeah. starts go to waste. But eh, it's September. It's, this wasn't always going to be easy. They're still up by three games. Got a month to go. Still up by three games, uh, but I, I just, it, it was to have an opportunity to close it out and not be able to get it done. And that, that, that's one, you know, I go back to, like, like you said, there's optimism, you know, Hey, they're up by three games. Hey, they can still win the division. Hey, they can, you know, but then again, when you start to see where warts can be and you can't ignore them. You, you, you know, I, again, I go back to when the Packers were 15-0 and 0 or 15-1 and 1 and Kansas City beat them. Kansas City exposed a wart. Chicago exposed a wart. Lefties will kill the Brewers, pitching down and away. Uh, obviously, you know, wind was a factor with the wind blowing in. But pitching low and away, uh, you know, there was a few guys that worked the count and, and, and were successful in doing it. But for the most part... Uh, if you nibble at the strike zone, you get these guys to go fishing. They become undisciplined because they start to get behind in a ball game in which they, they need to scrape for runs. And you can see, you can almost see and feel in some way, shape, or form at times panic. And they start kind of swinging wildly. Uh, then they try to outthink it. And they're looking at call third strikes. And it just, it, it, that, so you can't ignore the wart because it's there. I agree with you. There is still a lot of optimism, but it was just, disappointing because they just had a chance to put them away and didn't and I, I just I don't want to look back on this series and go at the end of this at the end of the, the the season three games remaining on the docket and the Cubs are two games back coming into American Family Field mm-hmm. and then it turns into that craptastic Wrigley North and Brewers fans are sitting at home watching it on their TVs Cubs fans are packing uh, American Family Field and getting louder than Brewers fans and you gotta you gotta because the Cubs in the back of their mind as an organization are thinking you ended up winning that playoff game down here it would be it would be more nothing more fitting for them than to come into American Family Field at the end of the season after chasing the Brewers all season long because the Brewers couldn't close it out in Chicago than to come into American Family Field and knock the Brewers out of the playoffs and and that is my fear and I know that's like, you know, gloom and doom and worst-case scenario, but you can't ignore it because now it's staring you right in the face because now you got to get a bigger lead than four games by the – Oh, do we lose Bill? Uh, that's that, – yes. Oh, I, we, just, <clears throat> we just lost you for a sec. You cut out for a sec. I was worried. Oh, okay. Sorry okay. about that. I did not know. 
Um, so anyway, that was that was one of my thoughts. And then one of the other thoughts uh, was the fact that uh, you've got the, the trade that did not happen. And that was uh, with the Green Bay Packers and the fact that they were offering A.J. Dillon and seemingly, at least reportedly, a third-round draft choice. And that was for Jonathan Taylor. Now, would you have done that deal, Grant? Would you, have, if you're the if you're the Packers, would you have done that deal in a heartbeat? Yeah, because I I don't know. I'm I'm so lukewarm on AJ Dillon. A lot of Packers fans just always oh, one of the best. You know, one two punches in the NFL. Man, I'd upgrade like that if I had a chance. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. See, I would too. I would have done that in a heartbeat if you're the Packers. Uh, the Colts. I, I don't know what the Colts are thinking. That that is a uh, an organization that's not well run, and they, more so than anything, they got an owner that's kind of an idiot, and everybody knows it. And they got an unhappy running back who is now on the pup list, won't even play for them for the first four games of the season, and they don't want to pay. They've made it very public. They they they're not going to give him the money that he wants unmotivated to come in and, and unless he just wants to go in, show his wares and try to, you know, and again in the offseason to get the hell out of there. But if I'm the Colts for a third round draft choice and a running back, that's more of a power running back, which they have kind of a power run game in Indianapolis. I don't know why they wouldn't have done that deal. Maybe they were holding out for a little bit more, but that's not a bad offer from Green Bay. Now the question then becomes in twofold, because we talked about this yesterday. One is if the Packers um would have made that deal, first of all, should A.J. Dillon have a concern? And I think so. And then secondly, I think more so than anything, is Aaron Jones looking over his shoulder thinking, they're trying to replace me. And, and now they would have had to pay Jonathan Taylor, so they got to pay somebody. But Aaron Jones still can restructure his deal. The Packers can save money next year. And I think it's like 6 or $7 million bucks they can save if they restructure the deal and keep him as a Green Bay Packer. Or cut them loose, and I think say five million bucks next year if they decide to do that. So either way, they're going to restructure that deal and they're going to redo Aaron Jones's contract. But Aaron Jones, he's kind of looking over his shoulder, thinking, "Boy, this might be an organization that wants to get rid of me and go cheap." So both running backs right now in Green Bay maybe raising an eyebrow thinking what's going on upstairs with Brian Gutekunst and the Green Bay Packers and how much faith do they have in the running backs in the current running back room in Green Bay and I think that's rather interesting as well so um yeah the uh um Colts apparently wanted more now we don't know I don't know specifically what oh by the way uh speaking of the Colts the other uh aspect of this is now did you see that the Colts, um, their their um, quarterback, and, and I did not see this uh, myself, but the, a buddy of mine said, did you see the TikTok? Did you see the TikTok that was out about uh, the Colts' new quarterback, Anthony Richardson, by any chance, Grant? Oh, no, but now I have to find it. He, he's rapping, you said? Yeah. No, no, he wants to be a rapper. I guess he is a rapper. I guess he does his own rap music. But there's a guy out there uh, that claims that, the Colts have an issue with Anthony Richardson because he's apparently um, taken off uh, at you know later later in the evening when team is still holding meetings and quarterback rooms and all that kind of stuff, and he's taken off because he wants to concentrate also on his rap career, his side hustle as a rapper that he could possibly uh, possibly 
play out the first year, uh, first couple of years of his rookie contract, and then go into rap instead. Now I don't know how true this is, but I, uh, a buddy of mine sent it to me. Said, "Did you see this?" And this is what this guy is claiming. I mean, he's claiming it very specifically that Anthony Richardson is not going to meetings. He's cutting out early. He's dictating to the organization what it is he will do, and the organization's kind of acquiescing to his rap career. And if that's true, I mean, how screwed up are the Colts? First of all, to allow it, and and say, I mean, everybody's got a side hustle, that's fine, but if your guy's not putting in the time to actually be an NFL football player and you didn't miss going in, how how terrible are you as an organization not to understand the background of this kid before you drafted him, if indeed that's true? So you'll have to find that. There, I, I, I can't remember what the guy's name is. He's on TikTok. And he claims that Anthony Richardson is cutting out on, on practice cut, or cutting out on meetings and uh, going to concentrate on being a rapper instead of a quarterback in, in the National Football League. So <laughs> that's where we start today. Uh, I can't say it enough. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come out. But if you can uh, please uh, join us this coming Sunday down here at the Harley-Davidson Museum. This is where we start. 8 a.m. If you want to register on site, you can do it. 8 a.m. You can register on site, but you can get pre-registered right now. Simply go to facebook.com slash big unit poker run, facebook.com slash big unit poker run, and you can get registered right now. Uh, it's going to be great weather, terrific weather, as a matter of fact, terrific weather. And it's going to be warm. It's going to be sunny, not a cloud in the sky. Uh, get pre-registered right there if you're watching over on the live stream. You can scan the QR code. Otherwise, if you're within the sound of my voice, go to facebook.com slash run. We can't do it without you. We can't grow it without you. It's for Fisher House, Wisconsin. We got a great donation again last night from our, our friends at Crazy Train down in Waterford. We appreciate them so much. Uh, they made a $1,000 donation on the stage last night to the motorcycle ride. So that's 2500 bucks we've raised, and we haven't even ridden one mile yet this year so this is awesome so we appreciate it so much but ride with us coming up this sunday september 3rd with some great people jesse james dupree from the band jackals riding with us with us tim duffy the firefighter from new york city who rode his harley davidson into the twin towers uh, area after the uh, towers had collapsed with a lot of his guys from the firehouse in it and he uh, just needed to be there, so he jumped on his Harley-Davidson and rode there. He's going to be riding with us. He's coming from New Jersey. He left yesterday. We can't do this without you, so please, please, please get registered. Again, facebook.com slash run. We're down here live at the Harley-Davidson Museum, the start site for this year's motorcycle ride. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. and their lagers and blonde uh, pale ales and all kind of good stuff up there at Stevens Point. And thanks to them for being a part of the program. 
Can't appreciate them enough, as always. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Broadcasting live down here at the Harley-Davidson Museum. You get a beautiful shot right there if you're watching on the live stream uh, of the front of the museum, the roadway leading out uh, straight out into Canal Street, uh, which is right down the street from Pottawatomie Hotel Casino, and just a, a wonderful, wonderful day today. Uh, that is a shot of Motor, the restaurant, and uh, the motorcyclist, uh, the uh, statue down here at the Harley-Davidson Museum. So thanks to uh, everybody for coming by and saying hello. We've had they, – they start the HDQ here today. It starts today at 11 o'clock Central Time, and Motor opens up, and so does the uh, – the, uh, the gift shop and the outlet store and uh, the museum. So uh, they're going to have quite a few uh, people down here today, later on this afternoon with activity, and then obviously bike night tonight. So it's good to be here on the stage. Uh, good good to be hanging out with you. Um, the uh, Got a couple of people uh, that uh, wanted to uh, chime in. One, uh, this is from James, who uh, via email says, uh, now putting the pressure on Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and he's got in parentheses more so A.J. Dillon to perform at least the Packers have let them know that this is not going to be acceptable this season for anything subpar they're looking to get better and put better pieces around Jordan Love and also cheaper pieces well the the whole thing with Jonathan Taylor is it's not going to be cheaper if you think they're going to get Jonathan Taylor cheaper than maybe what they get Aaron Jones if you had to take one over the other Grant if you had to take one over the other would you take Aaron Jones or would you take Jonathan Taylor well, if the money's the same, I'd take Jonathan Taylor. I think he's going to be more expensive for the next two or three years than Aaron Jones would be. Right. That's the problem. See, that, I, I think so, too. If I had just raw talent, I think Aaron Jones brings a lot to the table that is gets overlooked. Jonathan Taylor, explosive, power runner, uh, but is still incredibly elusive. Whereas, and I have not seen him close enough to say whether or not he is truly gifted when it comes to picking up, you know, blitz blocking and all that kind of stuff and receptions out of the backfield continuously while that Garen Jones has really gotten better at. But uh, when you look at, at Jonathan Taylor versus Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, one, knows the system. Two, like I mentioned, really good blocker. He is, over the years, he has turned into a really, really good blocker. And he's become a much, much better and more astute pass catcher out of the backfield. So I think Jonathan Taylor physically gifted wise probably has the edge over Aaron Jones, but Aaron Jones is so good in this offense. But I think Jonathan Taylor would ultimately cost you more money unless you were, unless it was going to be like a one hit wonder where they were just going to do it for one year and, you know, maybe uh, try to work out a contract with him a little bit more long-term or see which one performs better whether it's Aaron Jones or Jonathan Taylor, and then the other one becomes, you know, jettisoned in some way, shape, or form, or trade bait maybe. But uh, I, I I know one thing. If I'm A.J. Dillon and I'm sitting there right now uh, in that running back room, I'm thinking they were willing to get rid of me. I did not have a great season last year. Uh, I was a, a one-hit knockdown quite often last year. Uh, he's got to stay on his feet. He's got to run lower center of gravity, uh, and he's got to be the power back that everybody expects him to be. It's that simple. So, you know, if I'm if I'm AJ Dillon, I don't care. You know, you can say you're the mayor of Door County. You can be one of the most popular Packers there that have ever walked the face of the earth. But if you're not going to be overwhelmingly serviceable, especially in an offense that's got a lot of uncertainty right now at the quarterback position where they're going to be expecting a high rate of play from many positions, not just the quarterback position, yeah, I'd probably be uh, 
I'd probably be uh, a little bit worried if I'm uh, A.J. Dillon. Uh, 877-867-1670. Mike says, uh, wasn't Jones and Dillon the best rushing duo in the NFL last year? I don't know what the, the, the out, uh, I don't know what the productivity was for those two combined versus other duos in the NFL. They've been good. The year prior, they were much better. Last year, they weren't nearly as good as they were the year before because A.J. Dillon at times, he could have handled a starting load if if need be. And he was able to get the job done. And he, he just had, it seemed like last year, he two years ago, he ran with higher knees, lower pads, stronger. When he fell forward, he always fell forward for the extra yard or two. It just seemed like he had the ability to gain more. Last year, he was going down with a lot of one hits and going down at the line of scrimmage um, uh, quite a bit and really not very quick of foot when it came to receiving yards out of the backfield. So I, I just – I last year was a down year for A.J. Dillon in a lot of a lot of different circumstances. It just – and to the eyeball test. I, I don't think I need to sit here and, and statistically go through every carry and everything that he did because the eyeball test would tell you it just it didn't didn't work nearly as well. Um, 877-867-1670. If you want to call us, please feel free. Uh, I got an email here. This one's from Jack. Jack says, uh, hey, Bill, I would take Aaron Jones over Jonathan Taylor because Aaron Jones knows the system. I think he's quicker as well. Jonathan Taylor has probably probably more flat-out breakaway speed, but I think that Aaron Jones is quicker and a little more elusive. Would you agree with that, Grant? But Aaron Jones is quicker and more elusive as opposed to Jonathan Taylor, who has better breakaway speed? I think Aaron Jones is probably more well-rounded. He can probably do more things than Jonathan Taylor, but Jonathan Taylor has that pure power and speed. I mean, we, we saw it at Wisconsin. He's like a, a track guy when you put the ball in his hands, right? He can right. just run away from everybody. Jones can't do that. Um, so, yeah, I'd agree with that. That's 100% fair. Yeah, I, I, I like the assessment. I... I still think that overall, I mean, if you had to just say, you know, pound for pound, I'd probably take Jonathan Taylor over Aaron Jones. But, man, I, uh, I I think they're both probably on that same level with capability. I have not seen Jonathan Taylor uh, when it comes to uh, receiving out of the backfield. And that would be the one area that right now I feel strongly about with it when it comes to Aaron Jones because Aaron Jones just being with Aaron Rodgers – grew to be a much, much, much better pass catcher out of the backfield from the day he was drafted. Uh, but I have not seen Jonathan Taylor, so I, I, it's a very difficult comparison for that for me when it comes to the overall athleticism. Um, hey, by the way, speaking of uh, of people that uh, you, you talk about with breakaway speed and statistics, uh, today we got Paul Charchian back with us. And I am uh, you know knee-deep in the Paul Charchian guillotine fantasy league and uh, draft choice-wise, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit later on today. But if you have a fantasy question, get a hold of us. Uh, we would love to hear from you. That's our friend Paul Chargian coming up a little bit later on today as well. What else do we have today, Grant? Because it's been kind of a world down here, and I didn't happen to check in with you like I normally do. And do we have a lineup, a bevy of guests, or we just uh, you, I, and a lot of opinions and Paul Chargian today? Well, I, I don't know if a bevy, maybe a smattering. Perhaps we got a we got Paul Charchian at noon. Mike Clements is going to join us in just a couple minutes. Uh, he's got a busy day, so he wanted to check in with us at the beginning of the show. We got some breaking Minnesota Vikings news. 
that we can talk about. But that's about it. No, about uh, two guests, Mike and Charge today. There we go. Okay. Mike and Charge. Well, Mike, Mike alone is fantastic. So that's, that's your whole day right there. You can, you can feast on that for a while and regurgitate that all throughout the day. That's what I'm saying. So let's do this. Um, yeah, there you go. So let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We are broadcasting live at the Harley-Davidson Museum, getting you ready for the HDQ weekend. And this is the start point for the motorcycle ride coming up this Sunday. We can't do it without you. Please come down and join us. We are going to be here and ride for Fisher House, Wisconsin. Registration opens at 11. The pancake breakfast is going to get underway. The museum is going to be open. Half-price tickets are on sale for pre-registration. And then kickstands up, thanks to the police departments, the fire departments and such. They're going to guide us out of here exactly at 11 o'clock. I know that there's going to be some local TV stations here this coming weekend as well, covering the event. But please, we can't do this without you, so please come and be a part of it. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. getting ready for the hdq weekend uh, which starts today uh you got bike night tonight music tonight uh, they're going to open up all the garage doors everything's going to it's going to be wide open because the weather is absolutely beautiful down here and it will be all throughout the weekend it's only going to get warmer as we all know it's going to be a beautiful sunday beautiful skies uh, warm weather uh, even in the morning so it's going to be an awesome awesome day to ride the motorcycles uh, but we're going to do it for fisher house wisconsin and they're uh, going to have a great time. So uh, we'll tell you more about that coming up in a little bit. But uh, in the meantime, our guy standing by in Green Bay, our buddy Mike Clements. Michael, how you doing, pal? I'm good. How are you, Bill? I'm great. Uh, we're doing well down here. So uh, things are things are good. But you tell me how things are in Green Bay. And one of the things that uh, obviously the story broke yesterday that the Packers were in on the Jonathan Taylor deal, maybe if they would have gotten it done. So does that make uh, that running back room a little bit a little bit worrisome? Yeah, you know, do you remember me talking to you about uh, things swirling around A.J. Dillon a couple of weeks ago? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And that doesn't that just sort of sort of add fuel to the fire? Now Jonathan Taylor's a premier running back. Oh my gosh, what a you know what? How much more help could you help for that offense and for Jordan Love? if you brought in Jonathan Taylor. Now, is it true? Yeah, Brian Gudikins was asked about it directly and said, okay, what's my checklist of things regarding trades? All right, we're always trying to improve the Green Bay Packers. He, you know, he went down, he mocked his own uh, checklist of uh, uh, re- rehearsed answers when asked about the Packers because the Packers will not talk about it. Now, you know, Gudikins was named in a couple of these uh, reports and probably didn't, appreciate it but it happened i mean the fact is they get all kinds of call people have probably called the green bay packers and say hey what would it take to give up uh, christian watson i mean they get all kinds of calls but it's interesting that uh, you know obviously green bay inquired just to see what was going on now what they were going to offer for that because um you know this aj Dillon story is intriguing from the standpoint of last year 
you know, at, at times, did you did you really see Quadzilla? Did you really see the guy that came out of Boston College and just ran over people and, and driving his legs? Um, maybe Aaron Rodgers right. was ignoring him and not using him as much as he should. But whatever, then you start seeing what's going on in, in some of the early camps. And we're talking to A.J. at his locker, and he put this up. He said, because he's into a contract here, and – he said, you know, I was talking about this, and my wife came to me and put in a tape of my my days at Boston College and said, see this? This is the way you need to run again with that reckless abandon. And he, he gave us that story that he was trying to find that particular gear where he was going to smash and run over people. He had a nice run against the Seahawks for about 18 yards. But what added fuel to the fire, Bill, was, all the snaps that they gave A.J. Dillon in, in the preseason as if they were evaluating him and testing him and seeing what's going on there. And uh, we found that kind of intriguing. So now to hear that maybe A.J. Dillon could have been out there on the trading block or was that an even swap with the Indianapolis Colts? We'll give you A.J. Dillon so you guys have a running back and we'll take Jonathan Taylor. That's interesting. But in the meantime, at the, at the running back free position, is that Emmanuel Wilson, who beat out Patrick Taylor. Patrick Taylor is is more of a head-on runner. Uh, you, he's been with the team. You've seen him in games. Good for ball security. You know, Larry McCarron was even commenting during the broadcast last week about, you know, this is an all-around third running back for you. He's good on special teams. He's good in pass protection. But when Emmanuel Wilson picked up that stunt that the Seahawks ran, and was able to, you know, protect uh, Jordan Love, and then he got another one of his 17-yard runs that I talked about uh, with him after the game, where he he just he, he hits that edge at the right time. He sees the blocks in front of him, and he takes it up for 17 yards right down the sideline in front of Matt Lafleur and Brian Gutekinds down on the sidelines to evaluate players. This kid from Fort Valley State, a small school. Let me underscore that. Uh, if north of Atlanta and Georgia goes from that small school to being signed as an undrafted kid in Green Bay. He has this great training camp, and now he's right now on the roster as the number three running back of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, it's um, it, it's interesting, Mike, in the sense that A.J. Dillon, I mean, like you said, his wife noticed this is the way you need to run. And I, I said, statistically, I don't have to look at his stats. Last year, he just wasn't the same runner. He 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 wasn't the power runner that we had seen. And he, was, he it was almost like there was a lot. He was almost trying to be too finesse or trying to, you know, slip tackles. And, and that's not his thing. His thing is running over people. That's what he's being paid to do. So you got the, the one-two punch and one being Aaron Jones, who is the quick scat back, the elusive guy. And then you come back with the power run that's going to run you over, and A.J. Dillon just wasn't that guy in the continuous last year. And the other thing about Wilson is I thought this was interesting. Um, LaFleur had some sort of a, a comment yesterday about Emmanuel Wilson, number 31, the number three running back, and something about you know uh, contact after pads or something. And that means that they, they really like the way he runs and attacks people but spins and moves up the field. And so he's got some basics that they were really impressed with. Now, it was just a couple of weeks ago, LaFleur said, yeah, you know, 31 is doing great, but we, you could see he was gassed by the end of the Bengals game. He's not in, in football shape. 
So I just think at the end of the day, Gutekind says, all right, Patrick Taylor is not going to get any better. This is, you know, he's, he's, he's at the top of the roller coaster. They swung back around and put him on practice squad again. They want to protect this Wilson kid who, by the way, led the NFL in Russian in the preseason. And I think that right now they just think, all right, if we get this kid into Green Bay and get him in the weight room, I mean, who knows? He, I mean, he, you know what he reminds me of? Frank Gore, like a tough fighting dude oh, like yeah. that. Who, you know, and he's smaller in size, but he's a handful. I mean, he brings power to his run. He's got he's got a burner, so he can pick up some speed. But he's not afraid uh, to make that contact to get the extra five or six yards. So, Mike, uh, the way the roster has shaped out, and you and I were talking a little bit about this the other day, but the way the roster has shaped out, it, what do you feel good about and what do you have a concern about? you got to feel good about, I guess, offensive line. They kept 11 offensive linemen, and this was interesting. I don't know why he said this, but Gutekind, I mean, he had a long press conference. He took, like, 37 questions. And he was asked, really, uh, you know, 11 offensive linemen? What do you see about what we perceive to be the last guy in that group is Jake Tenuta? And uh, uh, a guy didn't get that much snaps because he's been rolling around the locker room with one of those little carts because he's got some sort of an ankle or knee injury. And and Gutekind said, because he's big. He's big, he's smart, good football player. Those guys are raw. So they kept him as the 11th offensive lineman. He said, yeah, that's not going to be for long. He actually said that. So yeah. what does that mean? Okay, all right. And, you know, he, so he's, he's stacked uh, at, uh, at offensive line, and maybe if someone wants to make a deal, uh, they're out there, and, and maybe there's somebody that, that they can sell off and, and get something with. Um, we talked about running back. We, you, I think everybody pretty much understands the wide receiver story. Is you got Watson, you got Dobbs. By the way, Romeo Dobbs, hamstring, still not on the field. And when asked, you know, is he going to be ready for the Bears game? LaFleur said, do you want the injury report now? As if we're not putting that out until next week, Wednesday. So that's a question mark there. Then right. Jaden Reed at slot, the 11. I'm, uh, he is so good. He is so smart. I'm so psyched about him. Uh, Samari Torre uh, is the number four. And then Malik Heath. Makes it on the team. Uh, you know, undrafted kid out of Mississippi State. You know, some off-the-field issues, but a fighter. And everybody, I, we've been talking about 18 since about the end of the mini camp. Uh, by God, he, he made the roster, and I think he's like the number five guy. Uh, Daytovian Wicks made the team. He's been in and out with a, a hamstring injury. And, you know, somebody asked me, how did you describe him? And I said, you know what? Wicks is the backup. Number 13 is the backup to Romeo Dobbs. About the same body type, same height, same kind of look when you see them out running their patterns. Grant DuBose uh, is promising in terms of speed. Missed all of the offseason and part of training camp with a back issue. So they circled him back and they put him on the practice squad. So, you know, you're good at at wide receiver. And then uh, we got the running backs. Over on the defensive side, it's still safety. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, Johnson Owens. Right. Uh, I saw coverage break that he's smart. Maybe he's still lost. You know, maybe Greg Williams, our new defensive uh, uh, coordinator for the secondary, is working with him. They've got a, a safety coach as well. 
maybe he's a little lost, but he he's there's a lot of open guys that are back there. Uh, Tavarius Moore, 49ers experience, but injured. Uh, uh, they ended up uh, uh, releasing him in like an injury settlement. Uh, and then so it's Rudy Ford. It's number 20. So it looks like he's going to start alongside Darnell Savage. And in a perfect world, the veteran Rudy Ford is great for special teams and then bring him into fill-in if your first guy gets hurt. But I think Goody's still going to try and something's in the work where he can get a safety off the street. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to figure they're going to fortify that safety room in some way, shape, or form before the, the season gets underway now. Uh, my next question is, Mike, it, you know, looking at uh, what's available and how quickly you can get somebody into the system and get them acclimated to where you feel comfortable in actually using them. I mean, the timing is now. You would assume something in the next, you know, three, four days tops would happen for this team for that to be a reality, correct? Yeah, and the, the, the point is, you're looking at these guys. You're looking at Goody and LaFleur and say, really? You know, Rudy Ford? I mean, you, you honestly think you're going to get through the season with that. Because the same situation when Ty Davis went down at tight end, you said, oh, wow, okay, there's a problem. Okay. Uh, and, and you know, there's an Austin Allen, big kid, I think a lot of potential, number 49. Uh, they put him on the practice squad. But it's like, come on, you're not really going to go into the season with three tight ends. And no, they didn't. They ended up uh, waiting for a team that's deep at tight end, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Grant just told me that T.J. Hutchinson just re-signed the guy that they picked up from the Lions. Uh, he's got a new contract with the Vikings, so they're deep. So this Ben Sims is a guy that they've picked up uh, from the Vikings out of Baylor. He's 23 years old. He was uh, in their camp, and now that's their fourth tight end. Uh, they feel so they can fortify the tight end situation with four tight ends to replace Tyler Davis. And what do they do? They Then they release Tariq Carpenter, who should be playing safety. They try to get him a job at, to linebacker, and right now he's on the street. Yeah, I was going to say, Tariq Carpenter, they tried to make him into something, and he, he, did, he played okay at defensive back, but he wasn't a, a, a linebacker. You know, I mean, they, yeah. he almost lost his job. He, I mean, he lost his job because they tried to make him something he really wasn't. Yeah, good kid. And I thought he had some, some moves on special teams. And, it, you know, it's not past tense. They may find a way to, to, to bring him back. Uh, but, you know, those are the moves they made. He made the roster for one day, and then they started as soon as there was other players and needs that they thought or better on the personnel board. Here's a guy that grades out better. Then he gets released from the 53, and they bring this guy on, Ben Sims, from the Vikings. And then we'll see if, you know, Tariq gets back in on practice squad or at some other level. Mike, great stuff as always, man. I appreciate it, and uh, we will talk to you real soon, okay? Thank you, Bill. Have a great ride this weekend, okay? I appreciate it, pal. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's our buddy Mike Clemens. Good stuff from Mike, man. Really good stuff from Mike, and and you you do you kind of you think to yourself, well, you know how is uh, how is this roster going to shape up when you start thinking about that safety position, some of the holes that need to be filled, and we talked about this yesterday. There's some depth issues, man. You you go into that first game and you get a couple of injuries. Oof, boy, you know especially at the one position, that's that's that could that could be extremely tough for this team. Uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. This portion of the program brought to you by friends at Cunis Automotive, Cunis RV. 
Uh, whether it's trucks, commercial, automotive, RV, shop Cunis, H-S-H-O-P, S-H-O-P, shopcunis.com. That's shopcunis.com. They're in Madison, Stoughton, Barneveld, Elkhorn, Lake Geneva, Platteville. The RV uh, dealerships are all over the state. There, there are car dealerships now in Milwaukee as well on uh, 76th Street. Uh, so, man, they're, they're all over the place. Uh, check our friends out at shopcunis.com. Oh, I should say Highway 100, not 76, Highway, Highway 100. Uh, just uh, just south down in Greenfield, as a matter of fact, the Buick GMC dealership they just took over. So go to shopcunis.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show. We are live today uh, down at the uh, Harley Davidson Museum. Yeah, just beautiful down here today. Beautiful weather. Stunning. Good to have everybody on board. I uh, wanted to say hi to Mike and Chris. Uh, Chris is, by the way, one of the combat vets uh, who is in town. He uh, came from one of the chapters in Green Bay. But uh, they just stopped by and said hello. They were over there taking a few pictures a little while ago when Mike Clements was talking. And uh, wanted to say hi, and uh, they are going to be on the ride this coming Sunday. Uh, they wanted to say they are already signed up, which I applaud them. Thank you so much. But uh, going to be a part of the motorcycle ride benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin, coming up this Sunday. It leaves from down here, uh, down here at the Harley-Davidson Museum. So please, uh, if you can ride with us, come and join us. This coming Sunday, we're going to be live down here starting at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. The breakfasts begin and a little bit after that, and then we ride at 11, kickstands up at 11 a.m. down here at the Harley-Davidson Museum. Uh, we have been traditionally at MKE Brewing, but uh, it is no more, and we've outgrown that space. So down here at the museum is where we're going to be. So uh, please come out and join us, uh, first and foremost. And if you got a motorcycle, and it doesn't matter, I get all the questions all the time, does it have to be a Harley? No, it doesn't. Uh, we take all bikes and we appreciate everybody's support, whether it's a Yamaha, Suzuki, Indian, I don't care, whatever it happens to be, a Honda. Come on down and join us. It is going to be a great day, a great ride with a lot of great people. And again this year, I mean, I know a lot of people take pride in it because they try to bring, bring friends every year. We try to break the record of the year before, and it's gotten really big. Uh, we're up to about 1,100 motorcycles. Last year, 1,085, and I would take 1,086. I'd just break it by one. That's all we care about. But uh, we would love to raise as much money as we possibly can for Fisher House, Wisconsin, for veterans, military members, and their families. So please come and ride with us this coming uh, this coming Sunday. So appreciate it. Um, talking about uh, the Vikings and uh, paying Hawkinson, they paid Hawkinson quite a bit of money, and uh, now you got to figure out uh, what you're going to do with Kirk Cousins and who's going to be throwing the football after this season, and is Kirk going to get another one-year deal, short-term deal? which is what he's been living on. Uh, Minnesota, they, they've got belief, man. They, they believe they're close. But uh, they just haven't been able to put it together, and I just don't think they've got enough defense, to be quite honest with you, to put it together. I think that window of opportunity might have closed for them already. Uh, but uh, they continue to try to push that envelope as well. Uh, we've got one hour down. We've got three more to go. Again, broadcasting live down here at the Harley-Davidson Museum, where tonight 
Uh, fight night gets underway. They've got the bands down here tonight, and they've got HDQ coming up all weekend. And it begins the Labor Day weekend, fun and frivolity, and it leads you right into the motorcycle ride coming up this Sunday. Please come down and join us. Please come and join us. Get pre-registered. Go to Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. Get pre-registered, and we'd love to have you along for the ride. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Next. 